Good afternoon and welcome back to Navigating the Work Compass. I'm Kate Luzio, founder and CEO. I'm along here with my guest host, uh, or my host, I should say, Susan Chapman Hughes, and our incredible guest today, Kim Seymour, Chief People Officer from WW, formerly Weight Watchers. Before we hand it over to Kim to give a little background on her and certainly why she is very well placed to have this conversation, I'm along here with my I want to go through a couple of thoughts that we're hoping you already know, but if you don't, you should be aware of. Um, the number of women dropping out of the workforce is alarming. We know that it's actually more than 5 million when you look at those that are currently not even looking to return to work. That's about 2 million. We've lost almost 30 plus years in women's labor force participation in just one year. Uh, and as we start to think about coming back to the office, not back to work, because we've all been working for the majority of people, there are a lot of concerns around how are companies supporting their employees, in particular women and caregivers. Um, when you look at underemployment, just to highlight, 17% of women 16 and over were working part-time because they couldn't find suitable full-time work, which by the way, we're seeing increasing trends for those that had been working and are trying to return to the workforce after how they had to take time out. Um, numbers are even way more higher for women of color, 28% Latina, 24% African-American in the black community and 19% of the AAPI community. And some of the top reasons we know, childcare, ongoing and uncertain school closures, elder care closures. And just by the way, people saying, I've been doing my job at home for the past 16 months, why do I need to come back? Yeah. So Susan, I'm going to hand it over to you and then we're going to pass the mic to Kim. Yeah. So um, thank you everyone for joining today. We had a lot of great feedback from our first two sessions. So we're happy to be back here at it again. As Kate said, you know, women are really taking the brunt of this. And why are women taking the brunt of this? Because we are the chief bottle washers, cooks, planners, and everything for our families. And it doesn't matter if you have children, um, or if you don't have children, if you're married, you don't have, you're not married. Ultimately, much of the burden of what's happened through COVID is actually falling to us. Now, there have been several companies that have done things as a temporary stopgap measure to help address some of these issues. So companies like Microsoft, Amazon, Netflix actually responded by providing backup childcare, emergency leave. A lot of those things are coming to an end. The other um, thing to note is that, you know, clearly there was a huge bill passed earlier this year, $53 billion of the uh, federal rescue funds was put in place to keep child cares open and running uh, through the pandemic. But what we also know is that the supply of quality daycare slots is low. Um, the opportunities for camp for kids for the summer is very uncertain. I know for us as a family, um, I had to piece together several different camp options uh, for our daughter and none of them are actually doing late childcare pickup. So once camp is over, your, your workday as a parent, you've got to figure out how you're going to get that child taken care of for those last couple of days, which are things that we used to take uh, for granted. And for those folks who are two parent households, who are working, somebody's got to actually pick up the slack for that because it's not even just as simple as going to hire someone 
A lot of people, because of the part-time nature of what's going on, can't afford to hire someone. Um, other people can't find good quality childcare. So these are really critical issues that have just really put a pin on this 33-year low of, of women's labor force participation. You know, at first, when I was reading the session uh, or the, the background materials, it said, um, since 1988, a 33-year low. And I was like, 1988? I was in college. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, like, so when you actually think about it and you put it in perspective, it actually is stunning. Because I think about the conversations about women in tech and women in finance that were happening when I came out of college. And now we're at the same point that we were before. And so that's really difficult for us to really take on. And so we're super happy, Kim, that you're joining us today. Happy to be here. Because we know that you're going to do a few things. One, you're going to drop lots of great knowledge. And number two, you're going to keep it real. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, Kim and I have known each other for several years. I don't even want to say how many years we've known each other, but Kim has had a really phenomenal career uh, in various ways, but in HR for the last, I guess, want to say 20 years, More than 20. Um, many um, senior roles in HR at fantastic marquee companies like Home Depot, American Express, and now her latest stop where she is the chief people officer for WW, formerly known as Weight Watchers. Um, and so Kim, you know, Weight Watchers, or sorry, WW, certainly has an overwhelmingly female work workforce and your customer base is overwhelmingly female. So I've, I've got to be lead that this is top of mind for you as you're thinking about how to help people navigate. Um, you know, what are your thoughts about this? I mean, how are you thinking about it? What's the range of emotions that you're hearing? Share. So much. So the first thing is probably a bad thing for me to say, which is when we started coming up with solutions during the pandemic, I didn't think about the fact that the majority of our employees were, or our teammates are women. I really didn't, and that sounds ridiculous, but isn't that the true reason for diversity? It just is. Yeah. And because it just is, this is just how we think. So we started thinking through what can we do for people, people, whoever they happen to be, who are in this situation struggling with the same things that you just talked about. So we put a variety of things in place, mainly um, aimed at parents, mm -hmm. right? Um, but also named, aimed at single people who are living alone, people who had elderly parents, people who were in all kinds of different situations. And it just so happens that guess what? A lot of those people happen to be women. Yeah. So when we did that, um, we knew that we were doing it in keeping with our ethos of our company, which is well-being. Right. Well-being for, for everyone. And guess what? Women are a part of everyone. So when we um, thought about bringing in, we started highlighting our um, mental health resources that we have internally. The, the, the access to that and the utilization of that shot up hundreds of percentage points. Mm. When we brought in a, a partner to that were aimed at parents, frankly, uh, I don't know if you want me to, to name it, um, but they have been a fantastic resource for us. And the feedback has been phenomenal. So fast forward past 
<laughs> a little bit past the pandemic, when you think about what you're going to do next, we're keeping a lot of that in place. Yeah. Because it has been helpful. People have liked it. They are utilizing it. And we definitely need it because we have decided for reasons, some of the reasons you said before, we looked at what we did well this last year and we want to keep it. Yeah. So our output was we put our all of our businesses online within seven days. We have collaborated successfully. We have managed to figure out some kind of work-life um, uh, balance is not the word, integration is not the word, but you know, something. something. Um, <laughs> autonomy. We, we've had women and others tell us, you know, I've been spending more time with my kids. I can eat dinner with my kids. I can take a break in the middle of the day to have focused interaction with my children. I can walk my kid to school in the morning. Right. All of this has been invaluable. And, and there's no price you can put on that. So when we came back to return to work, because to Kate's point, we never stopped working, but return to the workplace, we thought about what did we want to keep of that? Yeah. We came up with WW. Well, actually, WFW, work from wherever. Okay. We're putting a lot of things in place to make sure that people can keep the great of what they got during what they realized during the pandemic and still have a fulfilling career because you shouldn't have to choose. That's now, right. Kim, let me ask you a quick question on that because I, I and uh, I happened to meet you through Susan. And then, you know, there was, a, 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 I think, a nice little love affair there because anyone that Susan knows is pretty incredible. And we've been working with WW through Luminary. And so you and I've had a couple of these conversations, but one of the things that is now coming up for women, so there's this great, for, particularly for women but and caregivers, but women, is that great. We, we return to the office and those women or in those situations that want to stay flexible and work from home, great. That's a very big positive. However, could this actually go to the detriment where mm. I no longer have the visibility, my coworkers are in the office, they're the ones sitting in front of my manager. We go back to this measuring by that task and activity, which we were just talking about versus outcome. Absolutely. Make sure managers can actually continue and sustain this. We have a whole program and I think all companies are going to have to have a program beyond the decision. Mm. Do you come? Do you stay? Is it hybrid? Is it not? Once you make that decision, that's the easy part. It's everything that comes after that. So ours is work from wherever. We just had a session called lead from wherever. Mm. And it's the same thing said. It's about accomplishment, not activity. It's about output and not necessarily just effort. You've got to make, um, so I, what I was telling my person that, that's kind of leading this effort for us at, at um, WW, like I said, that's the easy part. Here's my long list of stuff that I'm concerned about. Yeah. And we've got to have solutions aimed at each one of those. And leadership is gonna play a key part. Awareness yeah. plays a key part. So people know that what I'm looking at is, are, how do our ratings change it? Mm -hmm. Fantastic before all mm. of a sudden they made a decision for their life that works for them and their family. And all of a sudden the rating is somehow not what it used to be. Well, I am going to pay attention to that. Um, 
there's there's FaceTime. How do we specifically make it so that we engineer opportunities for people to stay connected to leadership? There's a way to do that. It takes a little bit more effort. There's a way to do that. There, it is so much more than making the decision. It's putting in the work to make yeah. sure that people are not disadvantaged by the decisions that they are choosing to make for their own well-being. Yeah. And what's interesting, Kim, is, you know, as we talk through, because you and I have had lots of conversations about this. Uh, and I love, you know, you talking about you as the C chief people officer paying attention, yeah. right? Uh, because what we do know is that a lot of companies talk about diversity. Uh, they talk about um, supporting various people across their organization. But when it, the rubber hits the road and you start to look at the ratings of the people who are diverse and, promotion and, and the promotion rates, you start to see this gap opening up, which is to me a leadership gap because mm -hmm. It says that the leaders are not connecting to the people because you can't tell me that all of these people who have been doing all these amazing things for the business end up with like the worst ratings. Right. right? We've seen this before. Yeah. Um, and I think this has been exacerbated by COVID and the pandemic because um, I think people have struggled with navigating and I think leaders have struggled with how to connect with people who are different than them. So. Yeah. Can you talk more about the leading from home? Uh, like, what does that mean? How, how, how are you pushing leaders to evolve and be different? Because I think this is something that so many companies are going to miss out on. As I listen to some of, candidly, white male CEOs who are like, well, you know what? You're not a hustler if you don't come back to the office. You're not going <laughs> to. I'm, I'm, these aren't my quotes. These are their quotes. Um you know, um, this is how work gets done at our company. And so if you don't want to participate in this, then therefore you're not part of the crew. Uh -huh. um, I just think for the future, that is a terrible way to think about how to have the best people to help you win. Yeah. And so what is what is leading from home look like for you? There's so many directions to go there. And I'm, I'm going to try to get all my thoughts in there because they're some some are a little controversial. First thing, the first thing I'm going to say is, it, it really costs a company nothing to to lean into this flexibility. Yeah, really. Right. In the moment, it's like church. Say that one more time. It costs them nothing. Nothing. It really, it really doesn't. And you might gain everything. That's right. Yeah. That being said, it's an even exchange. Like we're going to have at WW like a shared commitment document which is, and you know me, I, I'm not just all kumbaya HR. If we are giving this type of flexibility for the good and well-being of our employees, the one thing that can happen is that the business suffers. Right. And if that does, we'll be looking at something else. Right. Now, absent that, why wouldn't we lean into every bit of flexibility? And I will say this is really no different than how I've always looked at leadership, truthfully. If you are truly a phenomenal leader, I'm looking at who coming behind you, who have you sponsored? Who, who on your crew have you promoted? Who have you brought in? What are their ratings? What are their contributions to the company? And if I'm looking at all the people on your team and I'm not seeing that, frankly, I don't find that just a failure of them. I'm looking at you. 
Right. Or to women in the workplace and flexibility, and all of a sudden ratings change, all of a sudden contribution changes, what kind of coaching are you giving? What kind of communication has there been? What kind of lens are you using? I'm looking at all of this to have a judgment about you, quite frankly. Now, that does not mean that it's always going to be um, 100% on the leader. But if you've done all that you can as a leader, you're not going to have 95% of your team washing out. You're just not. Yeah. So if we give you all the tools you have, like the session we just had, bringing in an outside expert on remote leading, and you are leaning into that and you're doing some things differently. Well, first of all, there's the awareness that you're going to have to do some things differently. Yeah. You're going to have to have more one-on-ones. They're going to have to not be tactical from, from minute one. You're going to have to care about how someone's doing. You're going to have to know a little bit about what's going on in their their real lives in order to know what context to put their work lives into. There's so much that we're all going to have to do more on both sides. But I've got to believe if all of that is done and everyone is committed to this for the right reason, because at the end, what matters? The output, the accomplishment. If we focus on that, and it's not going to be natural for a lot of people, um, then I think we could do it. I I think what people lack right now in this rush to just get something in place is a focus on the talent management and talent development that is going to have to happen to support a flexible slash hybrid slash remote slash whatever you call it workforce. Yeah. Do you, I mean, we, we talked about this, I think last week, Susan, you and I've talked about it many times. I think, you know, in the, it it has long been um, the path to promotion is to become a manager in most companies, right? I now need to be a manager. Uh, That gets me more responsibility, more pay. And what is lacked in a lot of mainly big companies, but small to medium sized too, is this investment in the people management skills, right? How to how to have tough conversations, how to lead by example, role modeling, all of that. Do you think in what you're doing at WW and this this program that you just talked about, do you think companies need to do a lot more of this investing in manager training versus manager leader training versus just here's a policy, we're all good. We're going to try it out. Yeah, absolutely. But let me listen. So here's my opinion about that. Most companies have some kind of leader training. Mm-hmm. It, there's no longer the time where you can be an ind- individual contributor on Friday. You get a promotion that goes into effect on Monday and all of a sudden, you know what's, what you're doing. Right. So most people have invested in something. Um, it, well, this platform, LinkedIn Learning, has a tremendous catalog. There's yep. so much you can have and do. So it's not the the access to the training. It's not even the, the commitment of the company to the training because they will all say that. It's the commitment to making the time for people to do it. Yeah. Right. You have it. Other people have it. LinkedIn has it. Garden. There are so many companies. Or we make we build a lot of it ourselves. Yeah. But prioritization has to be there um, so that People know that we value it, but also prioritization, even about business and strategy. So you have the time to take two hours out of your day. I, yeah. I think 
there's a comment in the from Tashina that says there definitely needs to be investment in leadership training. And I think Kim, you just hit the nail on the head. There most companies offer something, but they're not giving their employees time to do. actually do it, invest in their own skills, right? If you just say, hey, there's this platform, go do it on your own time. And, and Tashina just said that same thing in the comment. I struggle with having the time oh. to dedicate yeah. to here is the, the, the prime opportunity to go in a completely different direction to say, you know what, it, whether you're going all the way back to the office, which how, how is any, I, look, you take care of your house and I'll take care of mine, but I don't see how anybody is doing that. But even if you are now, but there's, even if you're doing that, and especially if you're doing that, why don't you now say, you know what, now, um, there is, um, a uh, uh, I hate the word mandatory, but every month there is uh, uh, every Friday afternoon, no Zooms, no yeah. meetings, no nothing. That is Development Friday. And that is the time, even if you're that type of person where you just got to know what people are doing, where you got to log into whatever HRS I have, and you got to be doing something that enhances in, in, uh, your standing as a leader yeah. or optimizes your people. Or something. You are on to something, Kim, right? Because, um, and, and we've talked about this, right? I, I believe that there are a lot of companies that are well-meaning. Mm -hmm. uh, their policies are well-meaning. But what they don't do is actually sit down and actually figure out what is the change management they'll need to take their people through mm -hmm. to change the way things get done in that company. Yeah. So if you are, you know, for example, one of the things that I did um, with my team during COVID, well, actually two things that I did. The first one was, I was like, listen, um, it seems as though nobody's got time to go to the bathroom. So we're going to stop having 60 minute meetings and we're going to end every meeting at 50 minutes or mm -hmm. at 22 minutes. And so you got to figure out how you cut stuff out so that people can actually get up and walk around and breathe. Yeah. That's important. Um, and then this, the second thing that we did was people were just so tired, which by the way, I think they're more tired in 2021 yeah. We're in 2020. Yeah. That's going to be interesting as people go back to the office. Um, we just said, listen, today on, you know, the 15th of June is everybody's no work day, vacation day. Or complete company shutdown. That's right. We're not doing any meeting, doing any. And there are a lot of companies that do that. Comment. There's a comment in this by Diana. KPMG has raised the bar and has instituted no meetings on Wednesdays from 2.30 to 5. Yes. Down thinking like we have that. We have no no meetings on Wednesday afternoon. No group meetings on Fridays. We have. But here's the thing. Everybody's got to do it. Right. Right. Everybody. Which is why I'm exploring the company shutdown. <laughs> so and how do you how do you. So you're exploring company shut, shut down. And a lot of this around that everybody has to do it has to do with the leader themselves being comfortable in their own skin, getting used to not having control, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And so for, for a company that has a culture that we see this happening where there's control, like in like everybody wants to control everybody, yeah. what, what would you give, what advice would you give to leaders that said, you know what, if you really wanna keep your people, if you really want them to feel good about this, you're going to have to let go. But I find that, like, what are the tactics you would tell them that they so, would engage in? Because it's easy to say it; it's hard. It's hard to put it in play. This is why. This is why HR people are so tired right now, because <laughs> you have to have almost one-on-one <laughs> -on -one conversations around 
first of all, you got to know people before you get into this situation so that you can approach them where, where you know they are. But part of the conversation is tell me what you're concerned about. Like, tell, no, first, tell me what, what is important to you. Yeah. If you tell me what's important to you and then you tell me what you're concerned about, I can help you deal with what you're concerned about, particularly in the um, work from wherever environment. Not everyone is thrilled with remote work. Right. But I know have an issue. I've had one on one conversations. So have my have my team to say, OK, what are you worried about giving up? You got, you got to drill down. What are you worried about losing? And then you can then tailor your answers to, well, what you'll really lose are, are your great people because right. they can go right down the street. That's right. And get a life that works for them. So if you are caring about your highest potential person, if you drill down, what they're really not willing to give up is control. What they don't have is a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. And so you can point out to them, look back over the last year. And, and like pick out their, their best person and their worst person. And you say stuff like, what did you not get from them? What didn't they do well? And if you know what's going on, you know there's no answer. Right. So what you're really concerned about is FaceTime. Yeah. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to say that. Oh, what you're really concerned about is deliverables? Because I have a solution for all of that. If you're concerned about FaceTime, well, I never said that no one would ever have to come into the office. Right. This is a two-way exchange. And we are at WW, the sense of community is so important. Our connection to our mission is so important. Yes, we're all going to have to come in at at certain times, but you'll probably know beforehand. And if there's an issue, let's try something old school like have a conversation. Well, yeah, this is this. Susan and I have been talking about this every week. Transparency and communication. It's this is a novel idea. They're not going to like that. I, but my, you know, my child has an autoimmune. Um, not mine. I'm just saying conversation. Autoimmune. Um, uh, uh, condition and the going back and forth. Even though I'm vaccinated, I'm not. That's right. Did you you have that conversation? That's Right. right. You tell me the leader. That's going to look at you then and say, well, I don't care. Come on in. Right. Then I need to have another conversation. Yes. And and so much of that has to do with culture of the company. Right. Um, And something that we're like, I feel like we could talk about this forever. We're literally running out of time. Um, But but like the the conversation on empathy. Right. Mm. I seem to think is very like voided from all of these discussions. No, it's huge. When you hear the company policies, they're very clinical in the way that they are approaching it and they completely lack empathy. So right. last word, how, like talk about that in terms of importance of leadership as we navigate through these next several months and why if you don't have empathy, it's going to be a problem for you. So when I think about how WW has even come through this last year, I think it's because a lot of what made people successful in the crisis is something that we already have. Mm-hmm. Empathy, because of our member, you have to have empathy for what they're going through. Right. Transparency, vulnerability. These are things that we talk about now. These are things that we expect. Um, and you can't be successful without demonstrating this on at some level every day. 
And the self-awareness that you have to have to know when you need to dial it up and dial it down. Look, I am not the most kumbaya person on the planet. I know this about myself, which is why when I'm having a meeting, I have to lean into, okay, I know there's something going on. Let me take a moment. Let me take a breath. Let me figure out what they need in order to be successful. I need them to be successful. Why wouldn't I do everything that I can to make this work? However, they need to make it work right up to the point where it's a detriment to ww exactly and that point is so far out that's right i think people often don't think kim about the win-win they think about the win and not actually the other side and it will be a loss if that person leaves right it will be a loss if you have to spend so much of your time having those conversations if you actually have transparency communication empathy to susan's point early on and by the way you don't have to wait. You can start now. Yeah. Having those conversations is going, first of all, it's not going to just go for that one, one-on-one conversation. People are going to know that. People are going to listen. People are going to watch that. And right. by, you know, this whole top down, others are going to follow. And that is what I think we have to so, so impart on our leaders and our managers, especially new managers, but also back to the employee they have to communicate to, to them. Yes. 10 times what they would normally do. Absolutely. Well, we are out of time. This was just a fun, I mean, this 30 minutes just like blew by. No, No, it's not an hour, but we should go in. We probably should have got an hour special guest for this week. Um, But we're going to continue this conversation next week because I think that this whole piece around preparing leaders to lead through this challenge and change is really critical. Kim, you're welcome to come back and join us next week. Uh, um, but we we will continue this conversation and over the coming weeks, we're gonna have some special guests that are actually gonna come in and talk about the physical aspects of the office um, as well, because we know these are things that are concerns for you. And so we wanna bring in some of the experts to talk about how they're coaching and helping their clients think about the physical pieces um, about, you know, Hey, uh, and, and melding the two together. Cause like, you know, it used to be that you would come to the office when you had a cold, we're not doing that anymore. That's, that's going to go away. So we have to change the culture and the physical aspects. But with that, thank you so much for joining, navigating the work compass. Kim, thank you again for joining us and we will look forward to seeing you all next week. See you all next Wednesday. Have a great rest of the week.